Yeah, what's up, everybody? I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight. Hold on, let me get this adjusted. How's everybody doing? Good? Good? Super? Good. Well, I'm excited to be talking to you guys tonight. This is actually the first Rev night that I've talked, which just seems so weird because I feel like we've been doing this for a long time. But normally, if we haven't met, my name is Kirsten Warden. I'm one of the Rev pastors here. And normally, you'll find me like right here, but it's, there's a mic stand and it's just a little different. But we've purposely kind of set out this entire year to build culture. And what that really means is like, we want every single week to feel like we came to encounter God. And one of the ways we've kind of set that up is that I'm on worship almost every week. I've only asked to speak a couple times because what we're doing in worship really, really matters to me. And my heart burns for it. It's something that I'm super passionate about. So when we were sitting down with the schedule this year, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a flip-flop of how I normally do things, but I would like to speak less, which is just kind of weird, but it's where my heart is. But some of you have heard me speak on Sundays, but this is kind of a little different. So I'm excited to do week two of our series that we're in, which is friend of sinners. Last week, who loved Sam's talk last week talking about friend of sinners, right? He's so good, like, and cute. Like, I can say that. You can't, but he's so good, and it was such a good message, and I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight, um, and we're going we're gonna to just jump right in. Um, so if you guys want to go to Mark 10, 17 through 22, I believe it'll be up on the screen. Ooh, there we go. Okay. So it says, as he, and and he, we're talking about Jesus at this point, as he went into the street, a man came running up to him, greeted him with great reverence and asked, good teacher, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good, only God. You know the commandments, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, honor your father and mother. And he said, teacher, I have from my youth kept them all. Jesus looked him hard in the eye and loved him. And he said, there's one thing left. Go and sell everything you own and give it to the poor. And your wealth will then be heavenly wealth. And come follow me. The man's face was clouded over and it was the last thing he expected to hear. And he walked off with a heavy heart, holding tight onto a lot of things and not about to let go. Let's pray and we'll get into this. Jesus, we thank you for tonight and we thank you that you're so much more than we give you credit for. God, that you're so much bigger than we even realize. So tonight, I thank you, Lord, for just shifting our perspective and we just say, Holy Spirit, come into the room and do what only you can do, just like we were singing, that you shift the atmosphere and you, you shift our hearts. So God, I pray tonight that you would become bigger to us and more real than you've ever been. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we just had the scene set up, right? If this is, if this is a movie, I think a lot like movies, just because I'm a visual learner. Is anybody else a visual learner? I'm a super visual learner. Like, I got to see it to understand it. So the scene is set, right? We've got this rich young ruler. This dude's not even named in the Bible. Like, he didn't even, like, they weren't even like John. They just kept calling him by his title. So his title actually defined him. He was rich. He was young and he was a boss. Like he had everything going for him. He was, like had the money, he had the youth, and he had the leadership. And in the world's view, he was a successful guy. We see this so much in the world that we live in today. Like 
celebrities keep getting younger and younger and richer and richer. And we see this all the time. And in this, in this scripture, he comes up and he's like, still feeling empty. And he's like, but what must I do to, to receive eternal life? And we see this everywhere that they have everything yet. Something is missing. How many of you guys know, as we read this, this part just stuck out to me so weird. He's like, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus's response was so odd. The first time I read this, I was like, what is Jesus talking about? Like, it seemed like a, almost like a little like off-putting. Jesus's answer was like, why do you call me good? And I'm like, well, because you're good. You're Jesus. Like, you t- we talk about that all the time. But he's like, no one is good, only God. And I literally, while I was reading this, preparing it, I like turned to Sam and I'm like, I'm super confused by this. Like, I'm just going to be honest. I'm like, I'm confused why he, why he acted that way. Until I was reading this more and I realized this key thing. Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I explain this. And gentlemen, please catch this, okay? The approach is everything. It's everything. Girls know this. If a guy approaches us, the approach is everything. There was, this, there was this movie that me and my family used to watch, and it was like a super random like Christian teenage movie. I don't know. My parents were youth pastors, so I feel like it was like this weird youth pastor bundle that came in or something. Um, but it was called Extreme Days, and there was this scene that was like, this guy was going to go approach this girl. And the dude's like, it's all in the approach. I literally had to FaceTime my mom today because I was like, what is that movie? Because I just hear it in my head like, it's all in the approach. And I don't know where it came from. But he like goes over there, totally gets shot down. And the other guy comes in and he's like real smooth or whatever. He's like, it is all in the approach. Um, but it's so real. A story in my own life. I'm a sophomore in high school, right? I'm a good church girl. I'm at youth group like you should be on Wednesday night. I'm sitting there. I'm watching people play basketball. I get this looks like a thirsty situation, but I'm a hooper, so I like to watch basketball. I wasn't there for the guys, just saying, to clarify. Anyway, this kid comes up to me. We dated for like a hot second. We can't even call it a relationship. It was like maybe a month. My freshman year at the end doesn't count. Anyway, it comes up to me, and he's like... This is when guys had long hair. I need to preface this. He's like, the hair flip? Like, you remember the hair flip? And you're like, what are you doing right now? Like, even guys with short hair would be like, guys, I got to give you a little trouble. We haven't had a girl up here yet. I got to give you a little trouble. He comes up to me. He's like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like, I'm the quarterback of the varsity team this year. Cool. Super. And he's like, flips his hair again, and he's like, you know, you should come to one of my games sometime. You think this approach is already bad. Then he like nail in the coffin. He goes, I'm kind of a big deal. And I was like, oh, mm, no. The approach, the approach is everything. How many of you know that I'm not going to his games? The approach was everything. And until you get that key thing in this scripture, His response seems kind of odd. Jesus' response seems kind of odd. Like, why would he respond in that way? Until we realize that Jesus knew something that we did not in this moment. Jesus knew this key thing that the way we perceive is always the way we receive. And put another way, the way we see somebody is the way we hear somebody. 
I'll give you an example. Another time, we're first year in full-time ministry, and I had spent my entire summer, plan- or my entire year planning this summer camp. I'm like 20, 21. I probably look young, but either way, I walk up. We have busloads of kid, kids outside. I walk in. I'm like, hey, my name is Kirsten. I'm with this church. I need to pick up the keys. We've got all the kids outside. And in this moment, I see the lady, like, just like, She's just like looking like over me, kind of like looking around me. And she like leans in. And this moment I was like, oh gosh, what is about to happen? She's like, honey, you need an adult to pick up the keys. <laughs> and I was like, in, internally I want to be like, honey, do you see my wedding ring? I'm a grown adult. I'm the youth pastor to pick up the keys. But because the grace of God was so sweet in that moment, I was like, oh, um, I think you're confused. Um, I'm an adult, and and I gave her my ID, which didn't really make sense to do. Like, I don't know why I felt like I was being, like, carded. I'm like, I am old? Like, I don't know what that was. But I gave it to her, and she's like, okay, whatever. But it, it proves this point, is how we see somebody is how we hear them. And Jesus sees in this moment, the rich young ruler saw him as a great teacher, as a good teacher. And in that, those days, it was called a rabbi. And what a rabbi was, is just a teacher. He, he's just somebody who memorizes verses and he teaches other, other people about the Bible. So Jesus sees that he's looking at him as a rabbi. So he gives him a rabbi answer. And his answer was, just hit him with the great commandments. And he says, you know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. And he responds like this. He's like, teacher... I know all this stuff. Like, I have kept all of these things since my youth. And so not only was the rich young ruler young and rich and powerful, but this dude was actually a church kid. He knew all the right answers. He knew the law. So the great commandments is is what's called the law. And this was something that was given to them in those times. And it was just a mirror showing them that they don't measure up. It was all leading up to this moment where Jesus came in. And this guy knew the scripture. So to put it in context, this kid was the captain of all of his sports. He was the president of all of his clubs. He had the coolest car on campus. His ratios on Instagram were good. How many of you know that's a thing? Um, And on top of it, his parents brought him to the vineyard every Wednesday and Sunday. He knew all the stuff, yet he was still lacking something. And Jesus in that moment looked at him hard in the eye and loved him. And he said, there's only one thing left. Another translation says, there's only one thing you lack. Go sell everything you own and give it to the poor. All your wealth will become heavenly wealth and come follow me. We see three major moments in this this last scripture. Well, second to last scripture. We see that Jesus looked. So So many times we forget that Jesus is actually looking at us. Like right in our eye. He said he looked hard in his eye. And I remember there was a time in my life where this hit me so hard, like the God of the universe sees me. And it's one of those simple truths that we forget, but God looked at him. And then the next thing he did, Jesus loved him. Like even in his stupidity, he was like, man, you don't get this. And you don't view me the same way that that I should be viewed, but he loved him anyway. And the next thing we see that the rich young ruler lacked something, that he had everything, but yet lacked everything. And another way we could look at it is that Jesus saw him. 
And Jesus knew him, but Jesus was trying to grow him in that moment. His response to this, to this thing of like, go sell everything you have was, was how we often respond in our life. It said the man's face was clouded over. It was the last thing he expected to hear. Because like we talked about earlier, how we see somebody is how we hear somebody. And in this moment, he's like, that was the last thing I expected to hear from a rabbi. And he walked away with a heavy heart, holding on tight to a lot of things and not ready to let go. This is so often our response. Like maybe we felt like we haven't had the moment with, with Jesus that like he just looked at us and, and, and just like knew, knew us. Or maybe we haven't had the moment where we felt like, man, I'm just loved and, and really known by God. And like most of us in the room tonight, maybe we're in a season where we're stuck. We just don't want to grow. Jesus is trying to grow us in an area and we're like, yeah, I don't know. And, and we're probably falling to the line of the same response that he gives that he actually is holding on to so many things and not willing to let go. For some of us, maybe we're holding on really tight to like who we used to be, our past, our pain, our hurt, or maybe we're holding on to our accomplishments. Like, man, I'm a, I'm a good church kid. I know all the things. Yet in the same scripture, like he knew the things, but still he was lacking something. Or maybe it's like our strengths or our weaknesses, but we're holding on so tight that we're actually elevating these above our knowledge of God. Because that's really what's happening in this, that, that Jesus was, yes, a rabbi. He was. He was a great teacher. He was a good teacher. That wasn't not true, but that wasn't the full story. Jesus wasn't just a rabbi. In your life, whatever you see Jesus as, that's kind of the whole series we're in, Friend of Sinners, that Jesus has so many different names, but who is he to you? Who is he to you? To this rich young ruler who had it all, Jesus was just a great teacher. And that's like culturally kind of something that people talk about Jesus. I'm sure you guys have heard it before. Like, Jesus was a cool dude. Like, he was awesome and stuff, I'm sure. But like, he wasn't like God, like, that's impossible. Maybe like a prophet, but like he wasn't Jesus. This was even a thinking in those days too. And like Jesus in this moment gave us an invitation to just let it all go and just follow him. I don't think in this moment, although he was talking about selling his stuff, I think it was so much bigger than just selling all your stuff. It's about being able to let go of things. But Jesus will always address, like, if there's a lack of generosity in your cart, like, he'll always address that. But it's also so much bigger in this moment. He was trying to, like, broaden his idea of who Jesus was. He was addressing that the rich young ruler's overestimation of his part to play in salvation. A lot of us, especially I can identify with this, like, I've kept all these things since my youth. Like, I've been at this game, Jesus. Because I spent my entire life, like, little tiny Kirsten, like, loving the Lord. I don't remember a day in my life that I didn't love Jesus. And I don't remember a time in my life that devotion and worship and all that stuff wasn't a high priority. But I remember feeling that same way, like, yeah, I'm doing all the things, but I'm not, I'm not feeling any different. And at the end of the day, it's because my view of Jesus was, was just like, I guess, I guess he's, he's God, but I didn't have like a personal, like thriving daily relationship. Like I could have known Samuel at a distance and be like, yeah, he's cool. I could probably tell you a little bit about him. I 
probably tell you about his profile. I don't know. But like, I couldn't tell you like the intimate moments or like what his favorite color is or anything that you get to know over time. And this is what the rich young ruler is coming up against. He's overestimated his part to play. He says, what must I do to earn eternal life? He's like, okay, I got money. I got success. Now, what do I do? What do I do? And so many times in church, we actually tell you what to do, right? We're like, pray, read your Bible, do this. All amazing things. All things you, yes, want to do. But that's not it. That's not it. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is that we have a personal, thriving relationship with Jesus. And we know him for who he really is. And he's not just a rabbi. He's not just a teacher. He's actually the savior of the world. Like, he's the savior of my heart. Like, it becomes super personal when we start to realize who he is. And he's also addressing the underestimation of, of Jesus' identity, that Jesus isn't just one thing. Sometimes we get so caught up in like, I know Jesus as whatever. And you could really fill the blanket in your mind. But he isn't just one thing. He's the only thing. In, in John 14, 6, the actually funny thing, I'm preparing this message, and I was like, what's that verse about John it's in John, I know it, but it was the only thing I remembered from my Spanish class. So I went to a Christian school and I took a year of Spanish and was like terrible, but I also didn't really apply myself. Like there was a moment where, this is such a tangent, but I got time. Um, there was a moment where we're like going through vocab words and I'm like just messing around. I kept doing like a chipmunk voice. I was like, de baño. and it was like making my teacher super mad. Um, and she like threw an eraser at me, which... I had it coming, and she was being funny about it, but I, like, collected the eraser, put it in a Ziploc bag, and put, like, evidence on it, and then I got the entire high school to sign a petition, and I, like, served her with court papers. This is why I got terrible grades, people, because I was focused on everything but what was in front of me, but this verse was brought up in my mind, in the back of my mind, where I keep my Spanish one scriptures, apparently. Um, but in John 14, 6, in the Passion Translation, it says, Jesus explained that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father, too. This whole story, although it seems like, why would Jesus respond like that? Or like, wow, the rich young ruler just really wanted to keep all of his things. And we could get so judgmental on either side of this. But the heart of it is, who do you know Jesus as? For some of you, that really may not mean anything to you. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just here for the good time. Or like, the pretzels are good, which the pretzels are good. But like for some of you, you don't know. You don't know who Jesus is to you. And that's what we're, we're going on in this series, on this journey of like, Jesus is the friend of sinners. And that wasn't like an endearing term. We see that now when we're like, yeah, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Cool. But like to him, that was like an embarrassment. Like people were like making fun of him, calling him the friend of sinners. And so many people have such a distorted view of who Jesus is in their life that we can't even get past it. That he could be standing right in front of us and we don't even know how to approach him. That the approach is off. For some of you, that might look like, man, my family is broken, and, and I don't know who to go to, but if we're viewing Jesus or God or, or any of that, like, well, they probably, it's probably because I did this, and it's probably because I didn't do this, and, you know, our, our approach is everything. 
So we're going to go into cruise in just a little bit, and we're going to talk about what this looks like in our life, like how we, how we kind of feel the same things that the rich young ruler feels, or maybe how we like don't really have a great view of who Jesus is. But guys, it's so important that we have a moment. My mom says it like this, but it's so real. Like, do you remember a time and a place? I can tell you the very day that I met Sam, that our first date, I could tell you our wedding date. I have specific dates in my mind, and so many of us, like the rich young ruler, know all the rules, come to all the services, but haven't yet had an encounter with God that left us never the same. And that's what this verse is leading us into, is an encounter with God that we would see him for who he truly is and let him see inside of us. So let's pray and and let's head to cruise. Jesus, man, you're so good that you would get down in the middle of our mess and you would just hold us, God. You're not a judgmental God. You're not an angry God. You're a kind, loving, personal friend to us. So Jesus, as we go through our cruise tonight, let us find you in a new way. Let us know you even more to be true in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.